0: Hey everybody, this is Andy, and you are listening to episode four of the Journeying Together podcast. About a month ago, the bridge staff started our most recent book that we we're on. Uh, every every week for staff meeting, we we have a book that we read, so we talk about that during the earlier part of our staff meeting. And so, uh, the book that we started recently is called "The Gospel Centered Life." And it's not simply just a book with normal introduction chapters and conclusion, but it's more like a curriculum, something that you work through together. There's an, I guess it's called there's an article, and then you have discussion questions and an actual like exercise that's um, created as part of each chapter. And I know that probably doesn't sound all that interesting in and of itself, but. The discussions that we've had for the last, I guess, three times that we've discussed that we're three chapters in now have been super encouraging to me. It's been a surprisingly great opportunity to practice a lot of more, a lot more vulnerability, a lot more kind of self-reflection about our own spiritual lives. And so um, this most recent chapter that we covered uh, was the chapter that particularly resonated with me. And there was this question that is kind of something to the effect of what do you see when you envision the kind of person you want to be spiritually? And I thought that was a really powerful question because I mean, one, I'm honestly not very good at natural or self-guided reflection, self-reflection. And so um, having a question like this is really helpful for me to think like, yeah, what do I expect of myself what do I either subconsciously or consciously hope that I can be when it comes to my walk with God, when it comes to just the general way that I express my faith um, in my life? And so, yeah, I kind of, my my hope today is to kind of talk through kind of my thoughts to that question and maybe help prompt your own thoughts to, to that question and kind of the emotions that come with these expectations that we sometimes unknowingly have for ourselves that we think maybe God has for us um, and so yeah I'm really looking forward to being able to talk about that today so again that question what do you see when you envision the kind of person you want to be spiritually again it's it's the implications of this question is, who do you want to become? How do you, how do you want to grow in your faith? And, you know, the the exercise in this chapter actually has this whole long list of ways in which we might want to grow in our faith. But, I mean, even without looking at that list, some of the things, you know, I could think of a good deal of things just with a few minutes of, of reflection of like, yeah, how am I not nearly as spiritually mature and Jesus-like? In my faith right now you know like the the list that I could think of just the short list is you know I I definitely want to be more humble I want to be more teachable which is an extension of humility um, I want to become more patient man you guys don't know how impatient I really am it's pretty bad you know I definitely want to be more disciplined and self-controlled there's so many aspects of my life where I just kind of like operate without any sort of it's just so easy to just be on autopilot and act selfishly and impulsively um, I want to be more vulnerable. You know, it's so hard for me to practice the very, very critical, um, I almost I would say sacrament of confession and repentance. Um, I want to be just in general more dependent on God. I, there's so many days in my life where I functionally am not really leaning on God for strength, for guidance, for comfort, for direction. So anyway, th- th- that's just that's just kind of a, 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 a cursory glance at the ways that for me personally, that's the person I want to be spiritually, and I know I'm not fully there yet. The passage from the Bible that uh, was kind of like a, a launching off point for this chapter in particular is from 2 Peter 1, uh, and I want to read some of that from starting in verse 5 of 2 Peter 1. So we get this laundry list of spiritual traits, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love. And then verse 8 says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you identify as a follower of Jesus, I'm sure that we want to be Prevented from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus, and so you know, looking at this list, I don't know what or hearing this list, I guess in your situation, I don't know what thoughts come to mind. Um, but I know for me, when I when I'm given this a laundry list of things of of ideal spiritual traits and qualities, uh, it can very easily become something where it's I I. Look into myself, look at myself, and I don't see exactly that, and it's disappointing. Uh, you know, last episode I talked about my perfectionism. It's like when I'm when I'm confronted with my imperfection, it's it's a blow to my pride. It it hurts. It's frustrating because it's not that I'm not. Inca- I know I'm capable of those things at any given moment, but it's a matter of why am I not consistent in in possessing and expressing those traits all the time. So, you know, I I don't know how you feel. I don't know if you feel that same way, if you feel any level of discouragement, frustration, at the very least, maybe some impatience. It's like, why can't I already be there? (laughs) Why can't I already be more consistent at practicing these things which I know are good, which God wants me to practice, which the Holy Spirit should enable me to, to express and embody? Why can't I already be fully there? Um, and so, you know, Philippians 1, six is is kind of the first uh, place in Scripture that I really turn to to find some sort of, I guess, comfort <laughs> and reassurance of, of the fact that I'm not already there. Philippians 1, six, the Apostle Paul writes, And I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, that, that word will that Paul uses, he that God will bring it to completion, that's really, a, 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 I guess, comforting way of phrasing it because it, it expresses a confidence of a future reality. It's not the present reality, but it will certainly be what comes in the future, and specifically this this perfection of of my of my spiritual maturity, I guess if you want to call it that, or my just general, yeah, my spiritual life. It will only be completed when Jesus returns. The day of Jesus Christ is reference to the Jesus second coming to the earth. Um, it, it, that's the day when Jesus will come back to finally and fully abolish every every sin, every evil that we see in this world. But until then, until that day when Jesus decides to come back, which no one knows the day or the hour except the Father, um, we will be in the process of growing. We will always need to, there will always be room to grow. We will always be changing, and it's going to be gradual and if you've lived enough life, you know it's not very linear either, <laughs> which, again, for some people, especially me, can be frustrating. It's like, why can't I just grow in a very consistent pattern? It's There's so many bumps and turns and one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> and that's just what life feels like a lot of the time. A reassuring thought that I had no, Thinking about all this stuff, despite the fact that it's frustrating that sanctification, the process of becoming more like Jesus, the, the, despite the fact that sanctification isn't as linear, it's not as consistent, it's not as instantaneous as I'd like it to be, the one reassurance that God gives is that my worth to him doesn't come from how quickly i progress it doesn't come from how consistently i progress my worth comes from the fact that he loves me he loves me in spite of however quickly or however slowly i grow in my faith he loves me because he is love and i mean (laughs) in a lot of ways so many things come back to that or We struggle to believe that we are worthy. We struggle to believe that we are lovable. We struggle to believe that uh, God can forgive us. But God's love is, by nature, just unconditional. And it's just so different from the way we feel about others, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about Him at times. And so I think that's what makes it so hard to remember. One of the greatest paradoxes of sorts that we get in the gospel is that for those who put their faith in Jesus despite being unworthy on our own when it comes to a perfectly holy god that perfectly holy god sees us as perfectly holy because he sees Jesus when he looks at us he doesn't see us by ourselves in our in our imperfections and our flaws he sees Jesus and Jesus' perfect righteousness. And I mean, I think for the rest of my life, hopefully that's something that I never get over is the fact that, man, even though God knows me, he knows me deeply, he knows me better than I know myself, he He knows that I don't deserve his love, but he loves me, one, because he is love, and two, because he sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And so having that as the foundation of how I see myself, how I see the, the, the journey that I'm on spiritually, how I see the progress or lack thereof that I make at certain times in, in my spiritual life, that makes the world of a difference because I don't have to depend on myself. I don't have to prove myself anymore. And inevitably, I forget that at any given time, any given season of life. I do forget that. But the, again, the reassurance is that God has forgiveness for our forgetfulness. And he it invites us back into simply remembering that he loves us, that he sees Jesus in us, and that he will bring the good work that he started in us to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. He will do it. It's not a matter of maybe. It's not a matter of if. It's simply a matter of when. It will, it will be done. It will be finished. So before uh, just praying and closing our time together, uh, I just want to share a song, a worship song, that I've been listening to a lot lately that I'm actually going to be introducing for our church this coming Sunday at, uh, on our May 9th worship gathering. Um, it's called Graves into Gardens. It's by uh, the, the band Elevation Worship. And the I love the chorus. Really, the, the sentiment of the chorus captures the sentiment of the whole song, unsurprisingly. But the chorus just repeats this, this phrase, nothing is better than you. Of course, you being God. But I said, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. That's that's the chorus. And, of course, it's a repetitive, single sentiment that there is absolutely nothing in this world, nothing in this life that compares to the goodness of God. And I love how it's not saying that all the good things that we, we enjoy in life are bad. It's not by, by no means is it saying that. But as good as you know, a great meal or a great relationship or, um, a wonderful vacation. It's not saying, it's not saying those are bad. It's saying that as good as those are, they're the smallest shadow of the goodness of God. And so, um, yeah, I highly encourage you to take a listen to this song. Um, I, I really have found a lot of just refreshment and encouragement from it. So if you will, uh, I'll, I'll pray now. Uh, God, I just thank you that that your love for us is truly unconditional, that your love for us comes from the fact that you are love. You are the embodiment of love itself. And I thank you that we don't have to earn your love, that we can't push away your love, God. We can't fall out of your love. I thank you that the righteousness that we have in Christ I thank you that we can't minimize it. We can't increase it, uh, but that it is always perfect. And that you always see that when you see us, you always see him when you see us. And, um, yeah, God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters at the bridge, pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ that, uh, when we, when we do forget, um, God, that you would remind us, um, that you would remind us powerfully, that you would remind us in a way that leads not to shame, God, but that leads to joy, that leads to anticipation of your lifelong work in us, God, that a work that we know you will bring to completion. And I thank you that you are faithful to your promises. God, I thank you that you are more powerful and able to fulfill that promise than um, we are able to fulfill any promises we make. Um so yeah God I pray that 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 truth would just be a comfort right now to to someone who needs to hear that that, that truth would be a just a refreshment to the soul. it would be um life giving. And I thank you that you are the giver of that truth. You are the maker of that truth. Thank you that you are our father who who cares for us and loves us so deeply. So we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. The Bridge HTX is a network of house churches located in Houston, Texas. We commit to a journey of transformation together towards Jesus for the glory of God.